As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast, and today we are doing a pod quiz, and this one will be on the very exciting and very useful topic of pediatric nutrition. So, if you're taking your peds class, or maybe you're going to be doing a clinical rotation in peds, your preceptorship in peds, or maybe you want to work in peds, this is a great review. For all the things that you need to know about kids and nutrition. So, without further ado, here we go. Question one I will ask a question and then pause for a little bit, give you time to answer, and then I will tell you the answer. So, basically, if you haven't done a pod quiz before, it's like doing flashcards with your ears. You will love it. Okay, here we go. Name some indicators that a child is ready to transition to solid foods. Okay, there's a few here. They can sit up without support. Or I'm sorry, sit up with support. Um, have some teeth. The extrusion reflex is gone. If you don't remember the extrusion reflex, that's when you try to give baby something and they just shove their tongue back out. That means baby's not ready for solid food. Stop trying to force feed them solid food. Um, they have head control, so they're not wobbling all around. And they can chew and swallow. So sit up with support, some teeth, no extrusion reflex, head control, can chew and swallow. Excellent. What should you give a six-month-old baby just prior to introducing the solid food or giving the solid food? Give them a little bit of milk or formula. How many meals a day should a baby at eight months have? And I believe these are meals in addition to their bottle. So basically, it's two small meals a day of cereal, veggies, fruits, healthy things like that. At what age can you start giving pureed meats, which sounds really gross? Eight to 10 months, very good. How about egg yolks? When could you give egg yolks? Typically after nine months. How about egg whites? That is something you want to wait until after their first birthday to give. How about peanut butter? This uh, says after the second birthday. It'd be very interesting. I know there's some new research on this. So if you're interested and you learn anything new, please email me and let me know because I feel like there's been 
some suggestion in the scientific community that withholding peanuts from children is what actually causes the allergy. And I don't know if they're talking about withholding until after the second birthday or withholding completely. So if anybody finds out anything updated or different from this, please let me know. Very interested. How many meals a day for a 10 to 12 month old? Those little guys are looking at three to four small meals a day. How much does one, how much does a one month old infant eat at each feeding? When I say eat, I'm obviously meaning bottle or nursing. They're going to take in two to three ounces at each feeding. How many wet diapers and bowel movements should a one-month-old infant have? So in a 24-hour period, a one-month-old should have about six or at least six wet diapers and two dirty diapers. That's for a 24-hour period. At what point should a baby have regained his birth weight? So there's often a slight drop right after little guy's born. So you want to make sure the baby's back at birth weight by 7 to 10 days. At what age will kids start feeding themselves? Not that they're going to be great at it, but they can do it. That's about 8 to 10 months of age. How many calories per kilogram does a zero to six month infant need? One hundred and eight calories per kilogram. How many calories are there in one ounce of breast milk? In one ounce of breast milk, there's about twenty calories. So let's talk a little bit about formula and the different types. So what type of formula is Similac? Like what kind of milk is it made of? Yeah, Similac is a cow's milk formula. How about Isomil? Isomil. That's a soy formula. How about Prosobi? Also soy, how about Infamil? That is cow's milk. And let's see, how about Progestamil? That is a meat-based formula. That just sounds disgusting. What type is Nutramagen? I'm probably saying that wrong. That is also meat-based. You may also see it called um, amino acid-based or hydrolyzed. So what is the main cause of a child getting iron deficiency anemia? A lot of kids get iron deficiency anemia when they drink milk at the expense of eating solid foods. A child with failure to thrive will have their weight land where on a growth chart? Like on what 
percentile. These kids will be less than at the fifth percentile with failure to thrive. And how about the height weight ratio of a child with failure to thrive? Where will that be on the chart? That's going to be less than the 10th percentile. Name the four foods that are involved in celiac disease. That is barley, rye, oats, wheat. What age child will you feed with lots of finger foods? That is a toddler. They're going to be way into the finger foods. And then what is a normal weight loss for a newborn? When that, remember we talked earlier about regaining their birth weight. So what's a normal weight loss? Normal is 5 to 10% of their body weight. And then hopefully they bounce back in that 7 to 10 days. Okay, so that went a lot faster than I thought it was going to. So let's move on and do some physical assessment for pediatric questions as well. Okay, so let's do a few of those. So that does it for Ped Nutrition. When is the best time to do an assessment on an infant? Apparently, the best time is right before a feeding. Who can go on an infant scale? Kids of what age or size? Anyone under 2 years and 20 kilograms can be weighed on an infant scale. So we're weighing a child under 2. How far out do you carry the decimal places? We're going to go out to two places. Example, 4.32 grams. Fever for a child is anything above what? 38.5 Celsius or 101.5 Fahrenheit. At what age, child, can you take a radial pulse to get their heart rate? You can get a radial when they're over five years old. What's a quickie way to determine if the systolic blood pressure on a child is normal? There's a little calculation. That is 90 plus two times their age in years. What about a quickie way to calculate if a child has hypotension? So hypotension would be 70 plus two times age in years. So if they're two years old and you're wondering if a blood pressure of 71 is hypotensive, you would take two years old times two, which is four, plus 70, which is 74. So yes. What is considered tachycardia for an infant, toddler, and preschooler? A heart rate above 180. How about tachycardia for a school-aged child? Above 160. How about for an adolescent? 
above 140. What is considered bradycardia for an infant? Less than 80. How about for a toddler, preschool, and school age? Less than 60. At what age does the anterior fontanelle close? That's going to close between 9 and 19 months. How about the posterior fontanelle? When does that close? Between 1 and 3 months. Okay, so in pediatrics, you're looking at cardiac output. So is that going to be more dependent on rate or stroke volume in kids? So in kids, it's going to be more uh, dependent on the rate. Kids don't have as much ability as adults to increase their stroke volume, but they can certainly increase their rate. Are kids more or less sensitive to vagal stimulation? They are more sensitive. How much of a child's blood volume can they lose before you see a change in blood pressure? 30%. Which is a lot of blood volume. So the thing about kids is they are strong and they rally and they compensate and they do amazingly well for a little while. And then when they crump, they crump really hard. So you want to keep a very close eye on someone that you suspect is bleeding. Okay, axillary temps, which you'll take a lot on kids because it's certainly a lot easier, are about one degree higher or lower than oral temps. Axillary usually is about one degree lower than an oral temp. At what age should a child be able to hold his head erect and at midline? Four months, very good. And let's see, one more. Absence of a femoral pulse is a significant sign of what? Significant sign of coarctation of the aorta. Excellent. Very good. You guys rocked this short little quiz on pediatric physical assessment. Okay, I've got about 20-some more questions here about pediatric kind of the psychosocial kind of stuff that you're going to be dealing with. So let's dive right into those and then we'll call it good. So what started out as just a nutrition quiz certainly became a lot more. So thanks for hanging in there. Okay, so at what Erickson stage is the infant and toddler, 0 to 18 months? They are in trust versus mistrust. How about... Erickson's stage for a toddler slash preschooler age one to three. That is autonomy versus shame and doubt. How about preschool age? That's initiative versus guilt. And then there's school age around six to 12. 
industry versus inferiority. And then adolescence. That is identity versus role confusion. Very good. At what time in their life is the child in the sensory motor stage? Basically, just at that general baby stage. How about when the child would be in the pre-operational stage? So pre-operational is like toddler, preschool, youngish, school age kids. What about the concrete operational stage? That is the school age child. What is the infant, age 0 to 18 months, greatest concern? These little guys' greatest concern is separation from their parent. They have intense, at times intense, stranger anxiety. How could you meet a six-month-old, six-month-old's emotional needs if the parents, for some reason, can't stay with the baby? Yeah, so an easy thing to do would be to assign the child to the same nurse or same small core group of nurses as much as possible. What are the three phases of separation anxiety? There's protest, despair, detachment. What is the best way to help an infant feel a sense of control in the hospital? So you want to make sure you're responding to the infant's cues and trying to stick with their daily routine, not necessarily what's most convenient for you or the hospital. How might a toddler respond to the loss of autonomy when they're hospitalized? So a toddler could regress and passively withdraw from interpersonal relationships. How does a preschooler's way of thinking affect their response to being in the hospital? So remember, preschoolers have this magical thinking. So they might even think that they're they're sick or hospitalized because they're being punished. And to this, they could have feelings of shame, guilt, and even fear. How could you help a school-aged child respond well to being in the hospital? Just giving them a little bit of a sense of control is very helpful Kids at this age need to feel useful and productive. Do toddlers increase or decrease their activity when in pain, typically? Typically, they'll increase their activity when in pain. What age group child will think a puncture, like a needle puncture, will cause their insides to leak out? That's the preschoolers with their magical thinking. What are preschoolers most afraid of? 
One of the things preschoolers really are afraid of is bodily injury. At what age could a child use the FACES pain scale? A three-year-old could use a FACES pain scale pretty effectively. How about the OUCHER pain scale? What age range is great for that? For the Oucher scale, three to 13 years. How about a zero to 10 pain scale? I know a lot of adults that haven't figured this out actually, but that's a five-year-old. Five-year-old child should be able to give you a zero to 10. And then how about the FLACC scale? So you could use the FLAC assessment scale of pain on a child two months to seven years. And then what age child would do well to participate in medical play? That is great for preschoolers age kind of like three to six. Okay, so we covered Pete's nutrition, Pete's assessment, and PEDS hospitalized child psychosocial considerations. So I hope that was a helpful pod quiz for all of you future pediatric nurses. I actually found PEDS to be really interesting in the classroom. And then not so much when I got to clinical, but really loved the class and really loved learning all about it. So Thank you again. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen, rate and review. That helps us show up in the rankings so that other students can find us. And if you haven't been to the website, straightanursingstudent.com, and you're looking for ways to completely annihilate nursing school, I invite you to go there. You'll be absolutely blown away. I guarantee it by all the resources available there. And if you have not read the book and you want a great guide for nursing school, especially if you're a new student or going to be starting nursing school or struggling in nursing school, go to Amazon, check out Nursing School Thrive Guide. That book is by me and you can get it as a Kindle book, a paperback, and an audiobook. Okay, have a great day, everybody, and we'll be back next week with a podcast. I think we're going to be doing arrhythmias, common arrhythmias and what you do about them. So that is next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast is a production of straightanursingstudent.com, copyright Mo Media. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. 
the world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.